Welcome back to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, a show about the collective experience of loving science fiction. As you know, Sarah Lehman stopped by and we chatted for hours. This is part three of that discussion, uh, but it worked out great because parts one and two were really kind of not related to part three. So you can listen to this if you've missed the X-Files episode or the one before that where we talked about uh, tucking in sheets and other random things that are completely strange and weird. Uh, But Sarah's the best. She's amazing to talk to. And this episode, we really kind of got personal, talked about our feelings and our emotions. And then, of course, because it's a sci-fi show, I tied it all back into how I'm kind of turning those things that I've been feeling recently into the next wave of sci-fi stuff that I'll be creating, including my new sci-fi band and the web series that I've been working on. So we'll talk a lot about relationships and our relationship to the universe and how we all fit. And then how I'm kind of channeling that into this web series that I'm writing, which is all about relationships looked at through a sci-fi lens. And I'm so excited. I'm so happy you're all here. Thank you so much for joining us. You're going to love this episode. It's a lot of fun. Here we go. time we're gonna do contact yes because we actually debated we're gonna do x-files or contact first yeah and i wanted to go x-files just because i needed an excuse to watch the last two episodes yeah, of the yeah season. absolutely and uh and i really wanted you to watch it yeah. with me yeah yeah but i'm gonna i want to read contact because i've never read it okay have you read it i have not read it well then you should read it too i'm going to let's both read I've it i've been meaning to it's, it's the it's the only carl sagan book i haven't read really yeah i have read every single other book that he's written or co-authored. What's the one he wrote uh, or co-authored with his wife, I think? There was like the the varieties of scientific experience. Yeah. There's... That's the first Carl Sagan I read, and it was uh, incredible. I it, my, my brain like exploded open. Did you ever read Billions and Billions? No. Oh, my God. There is the most amazing quote in Billions and Billions. What is it? I, it's in my phone. Can I read it to you? Yes. The world is so exquisite, with so much love and moral depth, that there is little, no reason to deceive ourselves with pretty stories for which there is little good evidence. Far better, it seems to me, in our vulnerability, is to look death in the eye and to be grateful every day for the brief but magnificent opportunity that life provides. Wow. That's beautiful. That might, I was thinking earlier today about death. Fucking genius. Are you scared of death? No. Me neither. Yeah. Why aren't you scared? Because it happens to everyone. Yeah. You know, like when I die, I'm not the first person to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So. I, I've always, I used to be afraid of death and then. I watched that movie, What Dreams May Come, and it presented the idea to me for the first time that maybe death could be fun. Yeah. And then maybe maybe there's something after that we can't possibly conceive of that is exciting and an adventure and different. And I'm kind of excited for it. I want want it to happen in a long time. Like, I want to be done with life first, this life first. Um. The idea that nothing exists after 
your life. Is that bothersome to you? No. No? I mean, it doesn't... For some reason, I've always felt like there is something after. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may be. Yeah. But my only fear involved with death is that it'll happen before I succeed with what I want to do with my life. And I've always known what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, or at least for a very long time, I've known what I wanted to do. Yeah. So once I hit that point, I feel like I'll be, if I hit that point, I feel like I'll be more open to taking bigger risks and to trying different things. Yeah. But until I get there, my entire life is just completely focused around it. Yeah. Just like, I, I just want to be, you want to be accomplished first before yeah. you. Yeah. Like I, I make music that, I want other people to hear. Yeah. I want to be a full-time entertainer, you yeah. know? Yeah. And entertainer sounds like such a shallow word for what I want to no. do. No. Only but... because I know you, so I know what entertainment yeah. <laughs> to you means, and I fully support it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I take uh, my own good time and other people's good time incredibly seriously. Yes, absolutely. Well, because yeah. I feel like the world is so full of pain and yeah. sadness. Yeah. And difficulty mm-hmm. and things that are so hard to get through. Yeah. That things like, to me, Star Trek to the X-Files, mm-hmm. those are the things that pull us through. Yeah. And I truly believe that I have the ability to create things like that for people. And that is all I want to do. Absolutely. That's yeah. That's all I want to do. Yeah. And is to be, you, you want to be that thing that someone can come home to and find comfort in. I, I right. don't want to be that thing. I want to make that thing. Well, that, that's I, yeah, what I mean. Totally. But, yeah. Yeah. And it started to happen uh, in in small ways from time to time. Mm-hmm. Like one person here and there will connect to something that I've made. And then I'll hear from them that it was a powerful thing for them in that moment. Yeah. And that's actually happened. Yeah. I mean, more times in the last six months than it's ever happened in my entire life. Good. And it's because of podcasting in a yeah. lot of ways because the podcasting is bringing what I do to other people and mm-hmm. they're connecting to the music or just the podcast themselves. Yeah. And for the first time in my life, I'm starting to feel the ease of this tension that I have to do something. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe I'm doing it right now, you know, yeah. and I'm starting to uh, be able to breathe a little bit. Yeah. Cause for me, it's like, I just can't breathe until I'm there. Yeah. And um, I just hope so desperately that I'll get there before I die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's you will. You I hope will. So. I, I I totally believe in you because you are super talented and you are like an entertainer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Like I'm losing my sense of self, I feel like sometimes. Where my my sense of self is being joy for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like I played the show at Audrey's house. She had this little house party. Yeah. And when I was on stage, I was just soaring. I mean, I had just so much control mm-hmm. over everything that I was doing. Yeah. And I was able to provide an experience to people and people in the room felt it. And yeah. I felt that they were feeling it. Yeah. And it was just this perfect moment. Yeah. And I know that I'm capable of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. there's no, but in that moment, there's just no, there's no ego. There's no, pride mm-hmm. there's just relief yeah it's yeah. like 
like, thank God I can be this in this moment because yeah. this is what I was born to be. This is what yeah. I was made to be. Yeah. And if I'm not this, yeah. then I'm nothing. Yeah. So my my sense of self is only in being the thing that I'm supposed to be. And it's it's the only time where I feel like I'm vibrating correctly, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's great. And I... I th- have never had any doubt that you will make it as far as you need or want to. I doubt that almost every minute of every day. Well, that's good. That's motivation for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like totally. your doubt is your motivation to keep going. Yeah. You know? Um. So <laughs> keep doubting yourself. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Um. But I think that it really came down to you finding right like who who you are in this very moment and being in just like the right place with just the right people you know yeah. in this moment to be able to like make those big connections so that you can feel that and then it like reinvigorates you to keep going yeah you know yeah i need it i need the feedback otherwise i feel like i'm just pouring myself into a black hole yeah yeah. yeah. No, I I think it's great. I admire the hell out of your work. Thank you. You know, I do. I mean, I listen to your podcast and your music and stuff, and I think it's great. I love it. It's so I feel so funny sometimes because I feel like uh, making music and podcasts to me is just like important work. Yeah. You know, yeah. like people talk about like, yeah, I want to, you know, go to the Sudan and feed hungry children. I'm like, yeah. I want to make sci-fi podcasts. And to me, <laughs> to me, it's like just as important, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, which is, I feel like, such, I, I, I laugh at myself constantly because I know that I'm full of shit. Yeah. But I also believe it with every fiber of my being. But, but here's the thing though, is like, you want to make sci-fi podcasts because science fiction has touched you deeply. Yeah. It's shaped who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like, sci-fi has touched all of us that listen to your podcast that have been on your podcast you know it means something to us that's why it's important is to talk about not just like oh who's your favorite character of this you know whatever but like why it's important you know the the subtext to the sci-fi you know and sci-fi is the genre of subtext. Yeah. Like because anything is possible. Right. Because you examine every aspect of the human condition. Yeah. Through it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I mean, just like with me and X Files, right? <clears throat> like I compare a lot of like male female characters on a lot of shows to Mulder and Scully. Yeah. Because if they're not equal, then that's bullshit. Yeah. You know? And, like, so it has impacted me tremendously in that view is that, like, oh, this was finally a show that wrote a woman equally as strong as her male counterpart, which rarely ever happens. Yeah, which is bullshit. It is bullshit. But good on Chris Carter for being a man writing television who did something right. Yeah, you know, I mean, and there there are moments where, like, Mulder cries 
you know, and he's like super vulnerable to Scully. And it's just as emotionally impactful as like when she is very emotionally vulnerable to him, you know? And I think that that is wonderful yeah, because it's finally allowing women to be strong and men to not be so strong all the time. Yeah. You know? And like, and so it's like, yeah, podcasting about that is important. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I feel like if we can, I feel like science fiction is the genre that's going to push society forward. That's yeah. going to yeah. make, make it so that we're not looking at like, is this woman being strong? Is this man being feminine? We're just going to be looking at, is this person being themselves? Yeah. And it, like the gender lines will break down. The, the racial lines will break down. Yeah. And then we'll just be looking at individuals. Yeah. That's what I want so desperately. Yeah. I mean, that that is like the ultimate goal. Yeah. Right. And I want it for selfish reasons. I want it so that I can be who I am because I am someone who straddles the line. Yeah. I'm someone who's uh, very emotional. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like when I, I, so many relationships I've been in with women where I have been the more feminine of the two. Yeah. Uh, at, or at least emotionally vulnerable of the two yeah so i just want to live in a world where that's fine yeah absolutely i mean and so i'm a selfish piece of shit basically is what i'm saying no no you're great um no you're great oh that's true (laughs) (laughs) i am great no you are great you're really great um thank you i think you're great i think you're great we're great together we're great together we are great um yeah oh that's a good (laughs) high good high five yeah um, but I mean, you and I have talked about this before too, because like, I feel like I'm sort of like on the, the medium, you know, of like masculine feminine and, you know, I'm yeah. often, you know, confusing for people, you know, Rachel has said that she didn't ask me out for a long time cause she didn't know if I was into girls or not. Yeah. You know? Well, cause you, I mean, you don't identify as being a lesbian. No. You no. are, if anything, you're like Rachel sexual. Yeah, I am. I love Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the best, hottest person in the world. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so, I mean, she's wonderful. And I'm so eternally happy for the two of you. Because, uh, again, for selfish reasons, because like, wow, it's so great to know that this is possible. Yeah. That two people can be like this and find each other and be so in love and be such a good fit. Yeah. And to, to actually know someone... And to be there from, like, day one and yeah. see it happen. Yeah. And it happened fast. It did. It happened very fast. It did. And then it just stayed there. Yeah. Which is yeah. so cool. Yeah. It's um, great. Yeah. It's very inspiring for me. And because you're also both, like, such cool people. I watched this. There was this commercial on a couple of days ago um, I was when I was watching something on Hulu. And it was this really cool like suave guy in a nice suit and uh-huh. a nice car driving around and then he goes and picks up his kids yeah and drives around and he just looks like such a cool badass with his kids yeah and i kept i was like this is the best commercial i've ever seen like you can be a cool person and be a and parent. be a, a parent yeah and have a car yeah and i want that car yeah and i was like watching i was like <laughs> i want that car I want to be that guy. So the commercial worked. It worked so well. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's funny that our society looks at like becoming a parent as 
a sort the of end. a death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the death of self where yeah. you become selfless for this person and then you're yeah. no longer an interesting person because you just have this kid yeah. and that's your life. Yeah. And that's not true. No. That's not true no. at all. Not at all. And it looks at relationships the same way. Like you get into a relationship and now you're like a couple. Now you're one of those weird pod people who live together and just like make out all the time and don't care about anyone else in the world. And that's yeah. not true. No. I mean, it happens sometimes and yeah. it's unhealthy, but it's not true. Yeah. Like we need positive visions of ourselves we need positive visions of yeah what it can be to be in a relationship and what it can be to be a parent and yeah. to grow and to like we 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 idolize people who um you know do crazy shit and do drugs and and drink and mm-hmm. i mean sure like drugs and alcohol are fun and great and all that stuff but whatever totally yeah but it's not like <laughs> that's not what's important no you know like being a strong person and being an individual and being solid is important and being able to appreciate things that are fun in a way that works for you is important yeah but not like crossing a line into something that's unhealthy that's important yeah and they don't people aren't portrayed that way well and i i also think that in a lot of um like pop culture you know like when you get in a relationship like suddenly you're just like dead because you're just half of some other person right you know um I think that it's it is really irresponsible yeah. to portray couples that way because I think one of the reasons why being in a relationship often fails is because you forget how to continue to grow as an individual yeah. with someone else. That is my ideal relationship. Yeah, I mean, described. and I I think that's what it is because it's like recently I've changed, you know, yeah. over our f- five years together. You know, we've changed individually and we've changed as a couple, but we have been able to do it together. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's what's really important. And I think that portraying couples as just like you become this other, just this half of someone else you know, is detrimental. People think that that's what you actually do. And then they do it. And then, you know, 10 years later, they're unhappy. Yeah. And I I mean, I don't know. It's just like same as being a parent. Like once you're a parent, oh, suddenly your whole self is gone and you're just, you know, the mother or father of this child. Like that's not true at all. You know, you're still you. You just have a little kid with you all the time. You can never not be you. Yeah. So just accept it. Get used to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Just be who you are. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's so bizarre is that the only genre that I see where consistently these issues are addressed in like a forward thinking manner, science fiction. Sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, you're right. And it's why I love the genre yeah. for sure. It's yeah. a huge part of it. Huge yep. part of it. But it's also like a little devastating to me that we can't just do that in like, you know, a rom-com or something. Like, The Office had the opportunity to do it with mm-hmm. Jim and Pam. Yeah. They built up to it for years, and then they got them together, and then they just disappeared. Yeah. Like, the, those two characters, it's like everything that happened with their relationship was behind closed doors all of a sudden. Yeah. Once they got together. Yeah. And it was such a fucking waste. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, like, everything was like they had, like, I don't know, less fun. Like, there weren't as many pranks on Dwight. Yeah. You know, and, like, all this stuff. And it's just, like, it perpetuates that, like, oh, you're married with a kid now. Yeah. Like, go be boring It's like whoever else. wrote it didn't like people who were dating, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Or, like, didn't like people who were together. Yeah. So why get those characters together? Yeah. 
What's yeah. I mean, I can't even think of a good example of getting characters together and and having them be interesting individuals. And that's actually that's what my my web series is about that yeah. I've been writing. Yeah. Is, and it's of course it's science fiction. Yeah. It's like yeah. looking at um I don't even know if I want to talk about this yet because, like, what if I don't finish it? Don't. But who cares? I mean, okay. it's a podcast, you okay. know. Like, yeah, I can say everything I want on the podcast. Yeah, it's is like, there any more wine? Uh, we got to open that bottle of champagne, I guess. Oh, yeah, we should do it. Yeah, because I want to. Let's do this. Like, let's do it. Yeah, let's get your whole. Tell me about your your web series. Okay, I'm gonna pee and open the champagne. Okay, get. I'll you pee. I'll open the champagne. Uh, okay, so we just took a little break. Now we're yeah. drinking champagne. It's yeah. not good champagne, though. Did you no. taste it yet? I did. It's delicious. Oh, you think so? Okay. Well, I mean, that's what $7 at 7-Eleven will get you. Yeah. Nothing but the best for you, Betty. Mm. I knew that it was going <laughs> to... We both did the same. <laughs> I knew it was going to be subpar when I peeled like the foil off of the top, and it wasn't a cork. It was just a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I've never seen this. I've never, I've never seen it, and it just happened. I and, didn't even see it. Yeah, just now. I mean, and I have drank a lot of champagne. I believe it because a day off is a reason to celebrate for me. Absolutely. <laughs> the yeah. end of the day on is also a reason to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are we alive? Yeah. Let's celebrate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have this perpetual frustration that there's not really like a good representation of. A relationship on television where two people are being individuals and are also together. Yeah. And not like a will they, won't they? Because I love those. Yeah. I love those. Oh, who doesn't? I'll Sam and Diane all the live long oh, day. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Because we've all been there. Right? Yeah. We've all had that person where it's like, oh, is this going to happen? Is it not? Totally. You know? But that's that- like, it's exciting and it's great, but it's also uh, something that you do when you're less mature. Yeah, yeah, when you don't know who you are right. and you don't know what you want. Because it's an easy way out. Yeah. Because to say, I'm in love with this person, but we can't be together, mm-hmm. sounds good. Yeah. You know? And yeah. It, and it's safe. Yeah, it is. It's because, a total cop-out. Yeah, totally. I think so. Yeah. I've done it several times, so I know yeah. Yeah. that it's a cop-out. <laughs> like, I have had several experiences where, well, one in particular where I just wanted this person so bad. Mm-hmm. And then kind of got them and then ruined it you know she yeah. ruined it also let's yeah. be clear yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a mutual ruining yeah but then it was over and then we then she was like pining after me and i was like oh my god she's pining after me and then i started pining after her but she'd already moved on yeah and it, it just never happened again yeah yeah except for that one night but it wasn't enough yeah uh so i've done will they won't they and it mm-hmm. took me years to forget about this girl you know and then it, it took me years beyond that to realize that what I was, that like when I had her, I didn't, I wasn't happy. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. What's the fucking yeah. point? Yeah. Why yeah. is it that when I had her, I wasn't happy and then I pined after her for, for years and yeah. years after? Yeah. Why did I do that? It's the idea. Right? It's the idea. Exactly. It's the idea I was pining after the idea yep. where I felt like the idea was going to be real and I was going to have it, but then it wasn't. But then I pined for it anyway because I couldn't let go of the idea. Yeah. So I feel like that's an immature reaction. Absolutely. Well, a normal, natural reaction. An immature, not in like a judgmental way. Just like you don't have the maturity yet to recognize what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, also, I think that a lot of it, too, is that, you know, when we're young and immature, we think that, you know, things will change. People will change, you know, yeah. like once you hit 30, you're just like, nobody's going to fucking change. 
Because I'm sure shit not. <laughs> you you think so? Yeah. You don't well, think so? Okay, I... I f- Let's break this down into two situations. I feel like if you are dating someone and you want them to change to be what you want, no. Yes. Never. Okay, yeah, I agree with you totally. Yeah. yeah. But if we're talking about do people change, yes, absolutely, all the time, constantly. I have changed so much in my life. Yeah. And I'm always changing. So finding someone I can be with, you said this, it's finding someone to, to be with where you change together and it's okay is vital. Yeah. And you're not necessarily changing in the same direction. You're just both open to each other changing because you respect and love each other and you give each other the space to be what you need to be. Yeah, yeah. I I, I guess I mean, like, by not changing, like, much bigger changes. You know, like, by the time you're, like, older and more mature, like, you have, like, your your ideas on, you know, like, your political ideas and things like that are all pretty well set. Like, your personality, totally. the things that you really believe in, are pretty solidified. I agree. I agree. And that's what I mean by like yes, I'm not changing. Like totally. m- my views on th- most things. Like you're not changing because you don't want to and you don't have to. Exactly because right. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like different like interests and things that yeah. are like fun and cool to do. Yeah, totally changes all the time. And I think that parts of us change very subtly all the time. You know, especially like in the ways that we communicate in the ways that we feel like comfortable with others yeah. and things like that. And those are the things that like, you really need to change with someone else. Yeah. You know, cause if you can't, if you, the way you communicate changes and you're in a relationship and you know, your partner isn't on board, like then it's all crap. Totally. You know, <laughs> I, I can't tell you who this is Yeah. because I know that this person will probably listen to this show. Okay. But uh, this person... Did, did you just give it away right then then by saying that? No. Okay. I really didn't, I okay. don't think. Okay. This person once told me about how they used to work with their husband mm-hmm. on a creative thing. I'm being very nonspecific here. Okay. And they had to stop working together on it. And she said it was because he wanted to do things his way and my way was right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. That's funny. I don't know what made me think of that. Isn't that... um. I don't know, just kind of how we all feel, though. Totally. Like, absolutely. Oh, but my way is right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, having, like, had so many failed relationships, I've come to realize that, of course, I feel that my way is right. But it doesn't matter. Because it's not. <laughs> yeah. Because there is no such thing as having my way be right. Yeah. You know? Well, Unless we're talking about, like, mathematics. Yeah. If we're talking about how do you want to come home and, like, prepare dinner and relax... There's no right way. No. And I was always the type of person who felt like I want to do things this way, therefore it is correct. Mm -hmm. And it took me a really long time to realize that other people need to do things their way too. Yeah. And having the space to do that in a relationship together is like so important. Well, and I also think that it's really important too to realize that when you take a step back and you realize that like your way is not maybe so important. You know? Right. Oh, absolutely. It is. Totally. It's, it's such an emotional deposit for the other person. And then also like you could really learn something like super cool by like having them do it their way. Totally. You know, I mean, I think that it's just like, it's a great, it's a great way to, I mean, the only time I ever am right is when I'm at work. 
because I'm not emotionally invested. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like I don't need to learn anything from anyone. Totally. No. The only time that I'm right is when I'm working on my music. Yeah. Where. Well, that's because it's yours. Right. And I very specifically have my solo project. Yeah. And I think of it that way. My yeah. sci-fi music is my solo project. Yeah. I was in Mugatu. I play. Um, I play collaborative music with other people all the time. I play mm-hmm. drums with Johnny Unicorn. I was in Horace Pickett for a few years. Yeah. So to me, the one time where I get to call the shots is when I'm making my music. Yeah. It's because I hear these songs complete in my head before yeah. I start working on yep. them. Like I'm working on Lightspeed right now. Mm-hmm. The entire song was done before I started yeah. working on it. And of yeah. course, like I'm just now working out the details. I'm yeah. trying to find the way that it sounded in my head when I first thought of it yeah. and complete it. And yeah. that's the way that it's been for the last several songs, uh, starting with, I'd say, Elliot was yeah. the first one where it was really just, like, there is a sound for this yeah. song and I have to make it. Yeah. Uh, I made Time Child and Seti Alpha 5 and Relativity before then. Mm-hmm. And they were they were close to that. It's like I had, a, I had an idea, but I didn't, it wasn't done. Yeah. But then starting with, um, you know, Elliot, uh, Traveler, Asteroid Field, mm-hmm. uh, Cosmic Child for yeah. sure. I love Cosmic and Child. That's my best song. That's I think. so good. I love it so much. Yeah. But yeah, now I'm like following my, I'm, I'm trying to connect to this like stream of consciousness that I've tapped into that writes these songs yeah. and make them pure as they come out of me. And only I can do that. Yeah. So I had this interesting experience a couple nights ago where I had a recording session for, uh, for Lightspeed because mm-hmm. I've always known that the like the road off on the edge of the sun all that stuff would be yeah. a choir yeah 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 with people yeah so this is gonna be great it's so cool yeah yeah it's so cool yeah I'm so excited for that song to be done I can't wait and I played a little snippet of the choir in the last episode but I've completely remixed it since then so yeah. it's now last episode if this is part three that I think it will be of a three-parter <laughs> that will have been four episodes ago yeah uh, so, so it's a totally different song by now <laughs> yeah totally uh, but I remixed it so it's like more choir and less of me mm-hmm. and it's just this incredible feeling of traveling with friends through the cosmos Great. and that's that sounds what awesome. I always wanted for that to be and then to hear it is amazing yeah and we were in the in the room and I'm there with you know John Naomi Chris and Audrey who are all four of them intensely creative incredibly brilliant people yes who i love working with and love hanging out with yeah and just love yeah period yeah uh and they're great people yeah and i i'm a little hard to work with sometimes when i'm working on something like this because they're all like oh we could try this we could try this i'm like no like this is wrong this is already done guys like this is already done and i'm trying to find it and i need you to stop talking so i can find it and i mean i never i don't say that of course but that's i felt weird when the session was done because that's how i felt the whole time yeah it's like i need to find this and i need you guys to give me the space, space. to find it mm-hmm. and i should have just said that which i didn't say because i'm an idiot but like when i'm playing with chris and naomi and the band it's not like that at all because the songs are done and i have my version that's done the live version is completely different and we're totally op- i'm i'm being very conscious to open up the space to any ideas and the songs are vastly improved because of it yeah. as far as a live performance goes. But that's very different than the album version. You know, when you have fake drums instead of real drums, when you have as many synthesizers as you want, I'm, I'm making the ultimate version of this song, the version that exists only in my spirit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas when, when we're playing together, the fact that we are live in a room together adds this element that is sort of 
intangible mm-hmm. that you can't capture yeah. on a recording. Yeah. And that means that the song needs to change. Yeah. And I finally realized that for this band. Because I've always, in my old bands, I always tried to recreate the album versions yeah. of my songs. Yeah. And it doesn't work. No. So I finally figured that out. And it's been incredible. Like, Elliot sounds so different than the album, but the spirit is there. Yeah. And Chris and Naomi are really capturing that and pushing me in directions where we can find that. And it's been just so magical. And I just Good. cannot wait to get on stage with Good. it. Good. Uh, but then I don't... So my weird experience was doing this the other night and finding that thing in myself that's like, no, we're doing it this way because it has to be this way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to communicate that very well. I feel like I just told you better than I've ever told anyone else. And maybe this is a good moment for me because so I can figure it out. So just record this one snippet like on your phone and then and just, just play it, it back. send it to people. Yeah. yeah, just send it to them. <laughs> yeah, because when we were done with the recording session, I found myself not liking myself. Yeah. It's like I didn't like myself in that moment where I was, I almost felt like I was using my friends to get me somewhere that I needed to go. Um, well, yeah, but you're allowed to do that. Am I? Yeah. They're your friends. They wouldn't say yes to helping you if yeah. they didn't want to. But but also, here's the thing, though, is like when when you're talking about saying this to other artists, right, they also have those moments where whatever they're creating is like a very specific way in their mind. Yeah. And they want it to be that way. I think that it is totally okay for you to, you know, politely say... <laughs> No, this is the way that it needs to be. This is the way that, like, I hear it. Yeah. I think they'll totally get that. The problem is that I don't know what the way is. I hear it. Yeah. But I don't know how to make it until I try a few things. Yeah. And then I feel like an asshole. Yeah. It's like, no, try this. Um, It's like, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do this. Yeah. And then I hear it. I'm like, no, that's not right. Let's do this. Yeah. And then how do I hold authority? Because I'm wrong. Over and over until I'm right. Well, yeah, but it's not a job. It's a creative process. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I mean, if you were at work and you were like, nope, this way, nope, that way, nope, this way, (laughs) right? Then, of course, like, people are going to be like, ugh, whatever, you know? Yeah. But you're... Fuck that, Josh. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but I love it. Yeah, that is great. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag fuck that, Josh. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like when you're, when you're creating something, you know, it takes a few tries. Yeah. And I think that you need to be okay with needing that. And the people who are helping you are going to be totally okay doing that for you because they're there to help you. I have the hardest time accepting anything from anyone. You know this about I me. know. Yeah. I do know this about you. Let it go. I, it's, I can't. How do I do? I, I can't. I don't know how. You, it's so hard for me. Unless I'm giving as much as I feel like I'm getting, I feel like I have to give more to everyone to, to be able to accept something. That's why you're always so tired. <laughs> I know. It's so true. It's so true. No, I mean, I, I think that... That and the fibromyalgia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 
hardest of laughing. I know. That's the hardest I've ever laughed on the podcast. Oh my God, that's great. I love, don't ever say fibromyalgia any other way than that way. That was great. There's uh, this show, the something uh, like the... The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. I think okay. that's what it's called. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's David Cross. Okay. I and mean, I didn't necessarily like the show. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I, if I'd stuck with it, I would have come to really love it, but it was like hard to watch in, in the way a lot of these shows are. Yeah. And there was a moment in it where someone like pushes him and he's like, oh, my fibromyalgia. <laughs> and I had like just been diagnosed. And I was so upset by it. I was just like, uh. You're offended. Yeah, I was kind of offended. I'm like, yeah. Uh. It's a real thing, guys. I know, totally. Yep. And yep. I just did the exact yep. same thing. Yep. for, And it was funny. That was great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. What were we talking about? I'm, I'm trying to talk you into being able to take more help from people. Yeah. Because here's the thing is like, you just need to realize that people want to help you and it's, it's you're not putting them out yeah when... i think the problem for me is that i've been through too much time where i had to have help and i didn't like against my will you know like my body wasn't functioning and i had to yeah. take help yeah and it's the worst absolutely and absolutely I, like days where i just could not get up yeah and walk yeah and someone had to like hold me and walk me to the bathroom yeah so i could pee yeah and it is the worst. Absolutely. Like, it's like well, I'm going, I'm out with someone and then all of a sudden like a, a weird like attack will hit me and I'll start twitching and I can't walk anymore and they have to like carry me back to the car. Yeah. And and it sucks. Totally. I mean, so any moment where I'm not there, it's really hard for me to accept anything from anyone because it's like I'm proving to myself that I can exist on my own. Yeah. Because I have this very deep-seated fear that I can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can. Obviously, I can. Like, I, I, you know, I, I live in this apartment by myself. I have yeah. a dog that I take care of. I have a job. Yeah. Um, where I work very hard. Yeah. I, I do two podcasts. I'm doing an album. I'm like working on this yeah, web series. Yeah, you bike everywhere. I bike everywhere. Yeah. I'm like one of the busiest people I know, but I feel like it's now it's come out of uh, like I, there's no time during the day where I'm not doing anything anymore. Well, yeah, and, and I, it's I, it's come out of this fear that I will not be able to. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that that is totally valid and understandable that you feel that way you know and i'm not saying don't feel that way yeah right um what i'm saying is you just need to trust that when people say yes to helping you it's because they want to not that they feel obligated to right and even but my first instinct is that they feel obligated to yeah well that's wrong <laughs> 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 but is it though i mean you i believe you yeah when you tell me you want to help me i believe you yeah because because I... Because you're the best. <laughs> but, like, most people, when they say that, I don't believe them. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, do you... Do you have a habit of surrounding yourself with liars? You know? I mean, like, <sighs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like if you have people helping you, like, on, you know, like, a musical project. Right? <clears throat> yeah. And if you had to say, stop... I don't really like it that way. Let's do it this way. That's not a big deal. And then even if you had to say, oh, no, 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 I didn't like it that way. Let's try it this other way. And no, 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 I don't like it that way either. Let's try it this other way. They're all artists. Yeah. They get it. But if you're leading something, you have to have a sense of vision and you have to get to the point. 
Who says? Says who? <laughs> I have no idea. Exactly. So me, I no. guess it's just in my head. That's just in your head. Because I've I've led so many bands and I failed so many times. Yeah, but but also this is the thing though is that this is your we're talking about when you do your solo project. Yeah. Right, and so people that you have coming in, it's for your project. Every band that I've ever had that was that way, I. I I set the expectation when we start, like, this is my project, we're doing my music, and I want you to help me create it. Okay. And it's always failed. Okay. And it's, people always get creatively unsatisfied and want to contribute. Okay. And then I always shut it down. Okay. So, what I've discovered with this new band, what I'm really trying to do, um, I mean, what I, I stopped leading bands when I moved to Seattle. Yeah. And I've been here for about five and a half years. So about mm-hmm. five years into living here, I finally decided that I was ready to try again. Yeah. Because what I'd learned from Mugatu and what I learned from being in a Tiny Baby Talk Show is that if you want to collaborate with people, you have to give them, you have to pick people who have the juice and let them bring that juice to it. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And. And that's happening now. And it's because I'm removing my ego. I'm removing my need to control. I'm presenting music to people and saying, how can we create this live in the best way and letting them lead me in a way. Yeah. And that is working. Okay. So then so then it's really hard for me to get in a, in a position where I'm in a room full of people and I'm making my recording. My recording, that, that's the one thing that's still holy mine yes it's one of the only things that i feel like is mine in my entire fucking life yeah when i make this solo music start to finish this is mine yeah you know yeah absolutely like this is me this is me distilling myself into uh a thing Mm -hmm. and it's the most powerful version of that that i've ever experienced and probably ever will experience yeah and every time i make a new song it's maybe even more powerful than last time Except for when I made Cosmic Child, it was better than everything else that came after. <laughs> um, so it's really difficult for me to assert that because I've spent so many years trying to let go of my ego. Yeah. Because my ego was really holding me back for most of my life because it was too strong. Yeah. And then I got really sick and my ego disappeared. Yeah. Um, and then it it started to build back when I got healthy again. But I find that I don't like myself when I'm being that way. I don't like myself when I let my ego take over. And that's what I felt like the other night when I was asking these people to do this thing for me. It was it was like, I'm right and you need to do what I say because I'm right. And I don't well, like myself when I'm like that. Well, maybe you just need to then change, change it so it's not so much of being your ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, like what do you I... Mean? No, what do, you, what do you mean? Okay, so like I often... Um, think that the easiest way to deal with like hard emotions is to create them into different emotions, right? So instead of being um, like anxious about something, right? Be excited about it. Like you just change that emotion. Just take your anxiety and turn it into excitement. And then that changes your whole outlook on wow. to that thing that you're, that you were anxious about, but now you're excited for. Can you give me an example? Um, no, <laughs> not off well, the top of my head. So I have been, so nervous about the Star Trek hosting thing. Okay. So nervous. Okay. And that's the first thing I thought of when you said that. It's like, okay, because I'm also okay, excited. Okay, okay. I am. I'm truly okay, excited so about here, it. Okay, so here, so let's use this as an example, yeah. right? So, like, you're nervous about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you're also excited about it. Yeah. Okay. What makes you excited about it? 
the fact that I get to be at the center of something that is so important to me. Awesome. What makes you nervous about it? The fact that Brent Spiner is going to be there. Oh my God. That's it? He's data. Okay. The fact that, the fact that I get migraines so often, mm-hmm. I'm terrified that I'll get up on stage and have a migraine and then I won't be able to think. Okay. So here's what you do is just throw the migraine business out the window mm-hmm. because you can't control that. So don't obsess about it. Right? You have no, con- right? Do you have control over your migraines? To a degree. I mean, I, I took work off that day so I could sleep in and make sure that I was fresh. Okay. And good. that's probably going to be enough to make sure that I'll be set. Okay. So that's good. You did that. Yeah. So don't worry about that anymore. And then instead of being nervous that Brett Spiner is going to be there, be excited that you get to meet him. Right? Like, how awesome is that? How many people get to say that they get to do that? That is Ugh. awesome. It's so exciting. It is so exciting, right? I can't believe that the fact that I talk about sci-fi for no other, for no reason besides the fact that I want to and then release it has now I get to meet Brent Spiner because yeah, of that. That's right? crazy. That is so awesome. That is so cool. Like not many people in the world like have that opportunity. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think that that is like so awesome. And so, like, be excited for that. Be excited that you're going to be talking about something that you love. You're going to be in front of a lot of people putting on a show which you love to do. Right? I do love doing that. And you're going to get to meet someone who has really impacted your life on a huge level. And you are going to be able to shake his hand and say thank you for that. That is all very exciting. Yeah. Be excited. Right? Yes. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, so I often do that. Like, take weird, uncomfortable emotions and then turn them into better things. Yeah. Because it's about changing your perception. You're so right. You're totally right. Right? And so when you're talking about your your sci-fi projects, instead of feeling like an asshole for having such a big, huge ego, right? Why don't you just be, like, confident that you're making a song that is so prominent in your mind yeah, and that you are fortunate to have super talented people in your life. They'll help you with that. Yeah. And that are cool taking creative direction. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you're saying for sure. Yeah. Um, I am a huge fan of reframing things in your mind to work for you. Yeah. That's the, that's the only way I got through my, bad health years. Well, yeah. And got I back mean, on my feet. Yeah, exactly. Like perception is reality. Yeah. Totally. You know? And so you change your perce- perception and then you change your reality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The one, the one thing that's still tough for me is that I've always felt like I have like so much music to make and so much to say. And the fact that I have not become successful with it in the way that I want to, mm-hmm. uh, to me, it's hard to read that any other way than, well, maybe it's not as good as I think it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I can I can see that. And I think And then that, to ask other people to put their time and effort into it feels wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, again, I don't think that people would put their time and effort into it if they didn't want to. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. But that, but it, I also I mean, run into the fact that like, if it's not as good as I think it is in my head, then my, my life is meaningless. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I believe you. Yeah. I believe you, you know? Um, and so, 
a, that's when you have to just keep working at it until it becomes what it is in your head. Yeah. That you know? that's the decision I made years ago when I first when I first ran into this wall of like wow, if if I'm not as if this is not going to do it for me, then my life could be meaningless. Yeah. Like I ran into that wall when I was probably 26 or 27 for the first time. Yeah. And really seriously thought about giving up music yeah. and getting a job, like no. a real job. No, jobs are terrible. I know. Don't get a job. Uh, and I, my, my solution to that crisis was to find a job that let me do both where yeah. I work four days a week yeah. and that's been working out great. Yeah. Um, and then I've, and also my other solution to that was to quadruple the amount of effort that I put into it, which I have done. Yeah. Where now literally every day I'm doing something. Yeah. You know. Well, and also, I mean, I think that um, you need to maybe not forget to measure your success in the amount that it is successful. Does that make sense? Like, think about the people who listen to your podcasts that come to your shows. Yeah. Right? Like Audrey's house party. Right? And everyone was like, oh, my God, I'm in love with Jesse Mercury now. Right? <laughs> Because it's, like, true. Like, when you sing, you're like, oh, is that an angel? What's happening? <laughs> you know? Um, like, don't forget to give yourself credit for those moments, yeah. too. Right? Because success is not... Anyone's version of success is not an overnight thing. Right? Yeah. Like, it happens slowly. It comes in small doses. Yeah. I think I've always lived under the delusion that one day it would just be a switch that was flipped yeah. where I, when I was younger, it was literally just, I'm going to make the perfect album, you know, I'm yeah. going to make perfect albums and then someone will hear it and I will be successful. <laughs> That's literally what my plan yeah. was. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Um, and then I started playing shows with Mugatsu. Well, first of all, that didn't happen, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and I started playing shows with Mugatsu. I was like, wow, people really are responding to this. Uh, like this is, finally starting to pick up some steam like yeah. something i'm doing is picking up some steam for the first time and it's because we're playing live and connecting with people Mugatsu so, was fun it was so fun. so fun yeah i wish you'd gotten to see mugatu towards the end of its run i know i know i was a jerk and got, lived somewhere else yeah but you did you got to see some of our formative shows like way back in the day you saw us at the comet oh yeah yeah that was great the one time i ever wore my fishnets outside of my underwear yeah and yeah. they just kept falling down the whole time yeah you're like, I don't know how you girls do this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it fucking sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. I figure that shit out. You try eventually. to be sexy, but. Yeah. And fail. And fail. Um, so then I realized that having that immediate access to the music is so vital. It's yeah. so much a part of it. Yeah. And it's something that I completely neglected for years. And. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't know why I started this podcast. I like think about this sometimes. Why did I do this? I don't know. And what am I doing? I don't know. But I have to do it. Yeah. I have to do it. And like I, what, through the winter, I started releasing them like less than every week. Because mm -hmm. when I first started doing it, I was like, I have to do this every week. Yeah. And I don't know why. <laughs> and then I started doing less than every week. And then I started to feel um, like constipated creatively. Yeah. <laughs> like the podcast yeah. is like a pressure release valve for yeah. me. I need to be making something constantly and I need people to be hearing it constantly. Yeah. And the podcast is the best way to do that because th this, I mean, you're here right now. You understand, like, this is a very creative thing to do. Yeah. We're just talking, but we're, 
like something about the environment of knowing that someone else will hear this makes what you say matter more than normal. Yeah. And it makes you think about what you're saying a little bit more than normal. Yeah. And it really pulls you into yourself. Yeah. And it's really helped me so much as a person. I've become like a better listener. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've become a better storyteller. I've become more empathetic and I've become more self-aware. Yeah. And I've almost been doing this for a year now. It'll be a year, I think, in July. I looked this up recently. But the first of our probably three episodes that this will be, will be episode 40. <laughs> 40. Wow. 40 episodes. That's awesome. And then I've also released like seven of Sci-Fi on Trial. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I have to create. It's like what I'm wired for. Yeah. So this is helping tremendously to lower my anxiety level that I'm not releasing stuff constantly. Because now I am, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Exactly. I am fucked up, man. Like That's I, awesome. I'm a fucked up person. I have I've always just had this one priority and it's so hard for me to maintain relationships inside of that. Well, yeah, I mean I don't think you're fucked up. I mean, if you are, like show me someone who isn't first yeah, of all. Yeah, true. I I I don't say that like Oh, pity me, I'm fucked up. Everybody's oh, no, fucked no, no, up. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't yeah. pity you. No. Yeah. You shouldn't. No. Uh, not like, at all. As far as, you know, I have so much that I have made for myself that I'm very grateful for. Yeah. It's just th- there's this intangible thing that I want yeah. that I've always wanted. Yeah. That that I obsess over in a way that's probably unhealthy. And that is the freedom to be a creative person a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. That is what I want. Yeah. More than anything. Well, I think that you, you're, I mean, you're making all the decisions in your life to be able to do that. Yeah. You know? Definitely. I mean, and so if that's what you want, then fucking do it. Right? Yeah. And you are. I am. I am you doing are. it. And so. So then why, why isn't that enough? See, this is where I'm fucked up. Why isn't this enough? I'm doing because, it. Because you still have a job four days a week. Yeah, you're right. That's I'm, it. I'm not saying quit your job. I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm making $11 a month on Patreon right now. I can't quit my job. <laughs> not yet. No. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I think that maybe the reason why it's not enough for you right now is because it's not, even though you are being creative constantly and you're releasing things constantly with your podcast, it's just not the idea of what you had, right? Of like creating like perfect albums. Yeah. Right. Do you have any idea how much time that takes and how much existential energy goes into each song? I've been releasing like two songs a year. That is disgusting. Yeah. It's a lot. That's nowhere near enough. I need to, I used to, it used to take me three years to make an album of like 11 songs. And I thought that that was too long. So I decided to release a song at a time to try to get more out. Mm -hmm. And it's been like two songs a year and it disgusts me. I'm literally disgusted by it. Yeah, but how great are those two songs a year? Oh, they're so good. Right? And so, yeah, you could, you could release more songs a year. But would they be of the same quality? Would they be at the same standard? If I didn't have a job, fuck yeah, they would be. <laughs> well, get more patrons. Yeah. <laughs> no. And it's interesting because the the podcasting has taken up a lot of time. And I think about that. It's like, well, if I wasn't podcasting, I could release more music. But I can't work on music when I have migraines. And I can totally edit podcasts when I have migraines. Yeah. So finding something that I can be creative with 100% of the time is has been great yeah. for me. It's been so good for yeah. me. And well, also, I have re- truly 
fallen in love with this. Yeah. Like this is, uh, oftentimes the best I will feel in any given month is the night that I sit down to record with someone. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's important too, because, um, you know, from listening to your podcasts, it often gives people a much different perspective for whatever, or it's like entertaining. It's fun. You know, I mean, there's like, there's a lot of different things that you can feel listening to one of your podcasts. And I think that that is really important for you to know yeah. that, you know, like I, um, yesterday I just, or the day before yesterday I watched up, uh, I listened to turn, turn up the lady, bro? turn up the lady, bro. Yeah. yeah. Which was great. Great. And like, there were parts of it where I was like, Oh yeah, that's fucking bullshit. You know? Like, I got kind of, like, angry because of the, you know, inequality and, you know, women versus men, not versus, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, And then there were some parts of it that were just, like, super funny and hilarious and, like, made me giggle and feel good. You know? And, I mean, I think that's important for you to know that people who listen to that, you're you're giving them those emotions. Yeah. I do need to hear that. Yeah. I hear that from a few people. Yeah. Um, and that it helps like a ton. It really does. Yeah. The, the people that I don't know that I hear that from are start, like that started to trickle in a little bit, and that's been really powerful. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I mean, the people that I do know that I hear it from, it's like, wow, you actually took the time out to listen to this. Yeah. Because I know so many people that don't listen to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, you know, like why would they? Yeah. I, I and I have no. Like, of course, I have delusions of grandeur, but I know they're delusions um, where if anyone ever tells me they don't listen to my podcast, I'm like, of course you don't. Yeah. If anyone tells me they do listen, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's a surprise. Great. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I like inertia tells me that the, the state to be in is not listening. <laughs> not listening. Yeah. yeah. Until you start listening and then you have to keep listening. Yeah. Yeah. Because of inertia and science and bullshit and stuff. Yeah. And things and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I I don't know. I think that you worry about it too much. Definitely. And stop that. I'll try. Okay. So I want to tell you about my web series. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. yeah this half is, an hour later. Yeah. 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 And half a there's like a third of the bottle of champagne. Where did left. that bottle of champagne go? Into our bellies, and it's called Andre. Andre. Andre Brew. Signature <laughs> collection. California champagne. Yeah, with a twist naturally off cap. fermented. Yeah. What is California champagne? I is don't it fucking know? Is it related to California raisins at all? Maybe. I grew up in California. I know you did. Those raisins are awesome. I lived there for three years. That's too long. Every day that you lived in California, I was like, "Come back," <laughs> and then you came back. Yeah, it was now great. I'm here. Dreams do come true. They do. They do. <laughs> Um, so I've been very frustrated in this last year mm-hmm. with relationships Yeah, where I've had one, one relationship in my life where I felt like I was able to be as weird as I am and be accepted yeah. by that person. Yeah. And that person was uh, like wonderfully weird in different ways than me, but in yeah. ways that were exciting and sexy to yeah. me. And it was the only time I've ever felt like we fit 
together. It's yeah. the only time I ever thought I'm going to marry this person. Yeah. And I really believed it for a long time. Yeah. And even though it didn't work out, I kept that feeling with me of, wow, like this felt like it was going to work out for a minute. And it doesn't matter that it didn't work out because I never, never once in my life had a moment where I felt like it could. Yeah. So it presented to me for the first time the idea that maybe it could work out. The possibility. The possibility. Yeah. And what was exciting about it was our weirdness. That my weirdness could match with someone else's weirdness and that maybe they'd accept that. And I could be 100% of myself with someone. Yeah, and, then and have just that be weird grow. together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they, they could nurture my weirdness. I could nurture their weirdness. Yeah. And I just, I love that idea. And I wanted to see that in a relationship. I wanted to try to write something where that was in a relationship. So to, to prove to myself further that it was possible to find what it is in myself that could make it possible. Because I know that a big part of why that relationship failed was because of what I was bringing to it. Of yep. course, it was what she brought to it as well. Mm -hmm. But I, I wanted to kind of examine that. And then I had this week where I was just desperately lonely and frustrated. Just like, <laughs> just so frustrated. Yeah. Uh, I was in the middle of, uh, dating someone where I really felt like we fit together and it wasn't going to happen yeah. because of, um, and I'll be honest because of what I felt like she was bringing to it. And yeah. I know she's probably going to hear this and that's okay. Cause she, yeah. we've talked about this, Yeah. but I felt like she was really stopping us from being able to have a shot. Yeah. And, and that got me thinking about the fact that like when you have your weirdness and they have their weirdness, you also have your hangups. Yeah. Totally. And then, where does that leave you? Nowhere. You know, yeah. you just can't do it. With weird hangups. Yeah. So yeah. then um, I had been thinking of this idea. I, I had this idea probably a year ago. Uh, my friend, Lindsay Leonard, who has been on the show before, mm -hmm. um, she and I had talked about making a movie together just for fun. Yeah. And we want to make something sci-fi because that's all I want to do ever. Yeah. And we kind of brainstormed some ideas. We got really stoned one night and made this. And we watched The Hobbit that night, the oh. the last Hobbit movie. Yeah. We watched a really shitty download of it. So it looked like it was made on VHS and it made Ooh. the special effects look better. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. But that night we also kind of brainstormed what would we want to make a movie about. And we wrote this whole long list. And there was no, and there was like a lot of cool ideas, but I just had no idea what we we're going to do mm -hmm. after that. And I don't know what triggered this for me, but... Uh, like a couple months later, this idea popped in my head. What if, uh, what if an alien man and a human woman were in couples counseling? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, yes. What if, uh, what if they were dating? Yeah. And they were having trouble. Yeah. And then. Like you do. Like you do. And then this is a spoiler for my own story. But then it occurs to me, like, what if the, the woman was not just an earth woman? What if she was a genetic hybrid with an insect that her <laughs> science father had created? Science father. Yeah. Scientific father. Yeah. Scientist father. That's her the Her father one. who was a scientist. Correct. Yes. Had created. Yeah. What if, like, the two most fucked up people in the universe, uh, one person who's on their own planet, but is completely bizarre yeah and then a person who's from an entirely different planet and doesn't understand earth at all yeah what if they fell in love yeah and completely against their plans and odds and anything like what what if they just fell in love and they're perfect for each other yeah and they're just the weirdest two people ever but they don't care 
Yeah. And what if all they fight about is like the most stupid, normal relationship Mundane. Shit. Mundane Like shit. you fold the towels wrong. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but, but yeah, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I had that idea and then, um, it just, that it just like sparked in my brain. I'm like, this is what, this is the story I want to tell. I want to examine yeah. why my relationships fail through science fiction. Yeah. That's what I want to look at. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that it is a very real normal feeling to feel like you are totally alone and by yourself and you're the only one that feels that way yeah does that make sense absolutely you know like everyone feels like you're just like totally fucking weird and just like you're a golem yeah and (laughs) (laughs) you know like the things that you believe and hold sacred are just like bizarre for everyone else and that you just i don't know i think everyone feels like an outsider yeah so much absolutely um and the I think that's that's part of the hard part about meeting anyone, right? Even friends is like finding another outsider to be like, are you cool with like my weirdness? Like, yeah. is that okay with you? Yeah. And like, I'm okay with your weirdness, you know, like we can kick it now, you know, <laughs> like, you know, so I, I love that idea because it's so true for everybody. Yeah. Just like feel bizarre and weird and alone. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was dating this person who kept telling me like, this is, this is how I am and you're going to have a problem with it. Yeah. And I kept telling her, no, I don't have a problem with it. I don't care. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Just let me be with you. Yeah. And, and she couldn't. Yeah. So that, that's, that is fascinating to me. Yeah. It's like when you have this opportunity for happiness and you can't take it yeah because of whatever's happening and i don't i don't mean to sound disrespectful to this person because i no, no, no i absolutely understand that like she's not in the right place and that's fine and yeah. i i am in a place where i've been you know feeling ready to be in a relationship for a long time and mm-hmm. i lay that on too thick too fast with people yeah. that i see so <laughs> just put the relationship blanket over them yeah but so i've re- i wrote so Lindsay and i decided to to do this, I had this idea, and then I wrote it all in a week. And it was going to be a short film. It was like 40-something pages long. Mm-hmm. So it was probably going to be like you know a f- like 40 minutes, 40, 50 minutes long. Uh, and then it was for me and Lindsay to play the lead characters. Because I also really wanted to act. Because yeah. I've acted a lot, mostly when I was way younger. And I really miss it. I mm-hmm. really loved it. Yeah. And I... I remember when I was a kid, my dad telling me, like, you're good at music and stuff, but you should really be an actor. I was like, what? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at the time, I was like, no, I want to be a musician, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, I also, like, when a parent recognizes something in you, you, it's hard to not internalize that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, on top of that, I also really loved it. Yeah. I, I love performing. Yeah. And I love embodying a character. Yeah. That's why I created a stage persona. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I could embody a character on stage. It really helps with my performance to project my own personal music through the lens of a character. It really helps. Well, me. and also it, it creates a little uh, distance between um, your emotions and the way that you're perceived. Yeah. Right? Because you're like, oh, you know. 
I don't know. Like if when you when you have a a persona that you're portraying, then you know if it's not accepted exactly the way you want it to be, or if you need to change it, then you're like, oh, that's not me. It's yeah, you know. For some reason, it makes it easier for me to be more personal and really? be yeah because. To the personal, the personal me that I want to project on stage is very flamboyant. Yeah, and feels sexy. Yeah, and wants to just put on a show. Totally. And it's really hard to do that in day clothes. Yeah, it's really hard <laughs> with your uh, hook shirt and whale suspenders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that would be a little easier. Yeah, because that's a great outfit. Yeah, yeah, that but, is a great outfit. And just like jeans and a t-shirt, how do you get up on stage and become like a diva? It's really yeah. hard. Yeah, because that's totally. what I want to do. Yeah. But when I'm wearing a spacesuit, it's so easy. Oh yeah. I just slide right into it. Yeah. That's what she said. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I really wanted to act in something. So I I wrote this script, and it's just like poured out of me a lot of like the frustration of my current relationship. Well, relationship. It wasn't a relationship, and you know, mm-hmm. it was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and then my past failed relationships, especially that one particular one where I felt like we might get married. Mm-hmm. It all just it all just came out so fast, and I have I've written a lot of stuff in the past, but I have a really hard time finishing it. Yeah. And I have a really hard time writing something and then feeling like it's ready to be seen by other people. I've written an entire book. I. I how come I'm just now hearing this? I never told you about this. I wrote no. a whole book. Well, it's like a it's like a novella. It's like uh, like eighty or ninety pages, single spaced in word. It would be like okay. a two hundred two hundred fifty page yeah short book with can big, I read with it? big words. You can read you can read it. Oh, no I, one else listening to this. I can would read it. love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I started it when I was seventeen. It took me like six or seven years. That's amazing. I can't believe I finished it. I started another one. And I got maybe like twenty five pages into it, and it was and it was more sci fi. Like the first one I wrote is not sci fi at all, mm-hmm. which was weird. Yeah. But then the other one I started was this cool sci fi story that I really liked that I think about constantly. I just don't have the skills to to get there with it. Like writing a a novel to me is outside of my realm of expertise. Yeah. Obviously, because that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. But for some reason, like writing a script, I've also written a bunch of scripts for two different things that I wanted to make into comic books mm-hmm. that I just couldn't find anyone to draw it. So I stopped working on it. But they're really cool. They're both yeah. sci-fi. I love them so much. That's awesome. But this is the first thing where I had like a real opportunity to make it. Yeah. And I finished it. And I love it. I love it so much. I sent it to Lindsay and Lindsay was so supportive. She's like, this is great. This is really good and you need to make this. And I really, I wrote the part for Lindsay. Yeah. But she moved to New York. Yeah. And I had a reading with a couple of people. Uh, Ryan Casey from Sci-Fi on Trial came yeah. over. And then my friend Fantasia. Uh, I asked her to come over and read Lindsay's part because I needed someone to read it in the room. And she, um realized very quickly that I was not going to be able to make anything with an actress who doesn't live in Seattle. Yeah. Because, uh, again, for selfish reasons, because me acting off of Fantasia, she was so helpful. She yeah. just like really helped me get into the scene. She's an amazing actress. Yeah. In a way that I am not an actor where she was just in the scene every time. And I was like laughing yeah. at my own dialogue. <laughs> um, yeah. And I kept looking at her and she's like in it. She's real. She's there. She's the character. It's yeah. like, holy shit, I got to do that too. Yeah. And by the end of the day, I was starting to do it because of working with her. Because she made you do it. Because yeah. She, yeah, because she was doing it. Yeah. And I know that Lindsay is that as well. 
And it was so hard for me to admit to myself that I needed the person that I was acting next to to be here. Yeah. So that we could rehearse. Yeah. I think um, that's fair. Yeah, totally. And I talked to I talked to Lindsay about it and, and like I told her, you know, like the day you move back to Seattle, if I'm still doing this, I'm writing you into it because like you are the reason that this happened. Yeah. So I had this reading and to see something that I'd written come to life for the first time ever was really powerful. And I went back and rewrote all of it for the people's voices to be closer to um to individuals because mm-hmm. some of the feedback I got is like you could definitely make all of these characters seem more individual because it all yeah. seems like it has one voice and that's yeah. totally true because I'm a, you know I'm a novice at this yeah and I've gone back and rewritten it and then I broke it up into a web series I broke it up into 10 or five episodes yeah instead of one long movie mm-hmm. from eight to ten minutes long each yeah and then it I was like wow maybe I could make a web series out of this and I'll start with these five episodes yeah. and then if it goes well we could continue to make more. Yeah. And all of these stories, ideas, story ideas just started pouring out of me. Yeah. And my friend Anthony came over to to read as well on that day because I needed to see someone else read the part I'd written for myself just to... Make sure that you were just the to right see, person. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And then the way he read it was so different and so cool um, that I was like, Wow. And it's not, it's not. Thanks for the tip, buddy. I'll do it well, better next time. The thing, the thing that was cool about it was that it was not the character. It wasn't, uh-huh. it wasn't the character I had in mind. It was someone else. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to write this character into the story. Oh, nice. Because I love what you're doing. Yeah. And like, you're doing something so cool and so unique. And if I write something in that voice, it's going to just add to the richness of this world. Yeah. So I, um, I want to I want to write more past these five episodes where that character becomes a main character, and I'm yeah. going to sprinkle him into the five. I'm writing a little bit more for him, and kind of in the background, nice. to just plant that seed. Yeah. Uh, but it's been it's been the thing that's just been so exciting recently, and where there was nights where I couldn't fall asleep because I was so excited about it. Yeah. And there's this we we Johnny Unicorn came over and filmed everything because I want him to shoot it because mm-hmm. I really I really like working with him when yeah. he's behind the camera, which he started doing recently. He's He's been doing some really cool stuff with like 3D animation and uh, just real. His new music video is ex- astonishingly cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's so cool. So he came over, he shot everything. And there's one moment where it's Ryan uh, and Fantasia and I, and we all kind of read well in that one moment. And there was excitement and emotion and passion and humor. And just for a couple seconds, I'm like, that's it. That's what I was trying yeah. to write. Yeah. That's it. Yeah this chemistry is it like this yeah. is right and it was a really cool exciting thing oh uh, how satisfying yeah it's so cool yeah and i'm i'm so like gung-ho right now i just want to make this i just want to make it and i feel like talking about it on the podcast kind of makes me accountable for that where now i have to do it because i've put it out there people are going to expect it yep yeah totally yeah. and if i feel and i'm the type of fucked up person where if I feel like people expect something of me because I've said I'm going to do it, I have to do it. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I don't think that's fucked up. I think that's great. No, I'm I'm super excited for it. The first time you told me about it, I was like, yes. I want to watch that. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm going to send you the script. I want to get your, your feedback on yeah. it. Yeah. And I want to read your book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My book is... uh, my f- When I was 17... I had my heart broken for the first time. Yeah. And I wrote a whole book about it. Oh. But it's also about, it's a, it's an exaggerated version of, of how I saw myself at that age. Yeah. It's about a character who is a virgin, total square, has no, 
um, has no like preferences. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know what he likes. Yeah. Everyone else seems to like these bands and things and has posters on their walls. Yeah. And he just doesn't. Yeah. He just never found anything that really spoke to him. Uh, he just kind of floats through life and, and he has no confidence in himself around women. And then he has this horrible experience in the beginning of the book. Incredibly embarrassing oh. experience where it's like he was already kind of shitty and then he just got kicked down so hard and then it just... And then he just ends up going on this road trip that turns into this adventure where he just breaks out of his shell. And it's all about him, like, ex- experiencing, like, pot and uh, sex. and Well, no sex. I mean, you know, he's, like, him being a virgin is a huge part. Of- I wrote this yeah. when I was a virgin. Yeah. And I was a virgin for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, like, spoiler alert, he does not lose his virginity in the book. Because uh, that's not what it's about. Yeah. 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 Um, it's about him coming to terms with the fact that him doing that on his own time is okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. totally want to read it. Yeah. Seriously. I'll send it to you. Very much so. I sent it to some, uh, like, literary, literary agents. Mm-hmm. And they all said, this is not a length that works and we won't even read it. <laughs> They're like, "This you can't release a novella unless you are an established author. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, you can't have that be your first thing. It needs to either be way shorter or way longer. Way longer? Yeah. Make it way longer. It's the right length. I don't okay. want to work on it. I, it was done. I want to do everything. I just want to make everything. Yeah. I want to not have a job and make everything. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be Prince. I, um... I don't feel creative at all, ever, <laughs> about anything. And so... But you're a hairstylist. You're so good at it. That's creative. Yeah, but I don't, I don't feel like it's creative. Like, I don't know. I just, like, I see it in a different way, maybe. What do you mean? I don't know. Like, I don't see it as, like, art. I don't see hair as art. I see it as, like, a way to make people feel really good about themselves, which I love. How is that not art? That's, like, the description of art. (laughs) Make something that makes someone else feel good about themselves? How is that not art? Yeah. In what way, in what universe is that not art? I don't know. I've just never, I've never thought of it that way what about cooking i'm not a very good cook well you are married to a chef yeah so and her food does make me feel very good about myself and is her food art i think so yeah i think so too yeah absolutely cooking is totally art yeah absolutely cooking uh, art is anything where you use skill to create an experience yeah yeah I agree with that. I don't know. I just don't... I don't know. I've never thought about doing hair... I mean, I think other hairstylists are artists. Totally. I've just never thought that for me. I don't know. I've just never felt like an artist. Look at your hair, though. It's awesome. Yeah, but... I mean... I only halfway do my own hair. Look at my hair. I'm having a weird hair day today. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit weird. It's because I biked to work today. So I did my hair and then put a helmet on it. Yeah. Yeah. Ruined it. Ruined it. Yeah. Also, it it got like straighter than I wanted it to today. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Right at the root there. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Yeah. It's all right. I still leased apartments today. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and even if, I mean, I'm, I'm okay not feeling like an artist, honestly, because I very much appreciate art in every way that it's presented to me. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like that is very fulfilling for me. 
you know, like I think science is art, you know, yeah. because it is amazing to me the things that science brings to the world. And I think that like your podcasts is art and music, you know, I don't know. Like I am so appreciative of art that I'm okay not being an artist. Interesting. Yeah. I've never thought of my podcast as art. You don't think so? No. I think of it as artistic. I think of it as creative. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily even think of it as artistic. I think of it as like, Podcasts to me are like comfort food. Yeah. Where when I'm going anywhere, like if I'm on the bike or on the bus, yeah, I like to put on a podcast. Yeah. Just to have a feeling of community and belonging. Yeah. Through something. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, I I think as someone who doesn't make podcasts, <laughs> wrong. You're doing I mean, it. I participate now, but don't... We've been talking for four hours. Are you serious? We have been. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. It feels like no time at all, right? I know. No time. Yeah. I totally. love talking to you because of that. I know. Because you're, be... you're a podcaster now. Am I? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so disregard everything I just said about not making a podcast. <laughs> 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 um... <clears throat> No, I, I don't know. I just, like, I I have never really, like, felt like a very creative person. Interesting. I feel like I'm an insightful person. For sure. You exude creativity. You really do. <laughs> Thanks. And your, I mean, your hairstylist stuff is very creative. Thank you. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I've never felt that way. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's why you're good at it. Maybe. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> I'm just no, like, I'm great. an artist. You're great. You are an artist. I think you're fantastic. I think you're fantastic. Great. <laughs> we haven't high-fived in like an hour. Let's do that. That was oh, the that worst was one. That was okay. Did you look at my elbow? I did. I did looked at yours, too. Yeah. That's why it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what now? I think, I think now we watch Rick and Morty. Let's watch. Can we please watch my favorite episode? Yes. Okay. Because and then we so gotta funny. we gotta do a podcast about Rick and Morty sometime in the future. Because oh my yes. god, I'm I'm like astonished by how great this show. It is, is so good. Yeah, it is so good. <coughs> and that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's great and hilarious and vulgar and rude, and I love it. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's really it's good sci-fi too. It's it is. funny. Uh, it's crass. Yeah. It's clever. Yeah. But it's also deep. It yeah, is deep. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like Rick, like whenever like anyone around him is like worried about like bullshit that like is trivial and doesn't mean anything. He's like, that's trivial bullshit. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. And then, like, that's it. Like, his but then he will accidentally destroy the universe and not give a shit. Yeah, yeah, because whatever. He's drunk. There's another. <laughs> no, because there's another universe. Yeah, because there's like, so many universes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like it. It kind of makes you feel like yeah, it's all meaningless. Yeah, and I love that feeling. Man, Rick and Morty is the show where the consequences to everything that everyone did in the '80s sci-fi movies comes to fruition yes yes 
Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And I love it. It's great. We'll definitely Let's have to podcast it. about for sure. Contact and then Rick and Morty. Yeah. I think that this might be the longest recording session I've ever done. Really? This, the first sci-fi and trial went for at least three and a half hours. I don't think we hit the four hour mark. Okay. I don't think I've ever hit the four hour mark. Well, now we're at four hours and uh, two minutes. A little over. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're t- I'm, you're going to be like my new regular. <laughs> okay. We do this all the time. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, no, I love it. I love it too. I couldn't think of anything better than just like sitting on the couch talking to you. I know. I... I can't believe it's been four hours. I literally I can't believe that. No, I feel like we just started talking. Like, did we know, talk about the X-Files? We totally, we talked about the X-Files for an hour and a half. I know, but I feel like. In this four hour conversation, yeah. there are three different podcasts <laughs> that I can release <laughs> and will release. All right. Yeah. All right. You're just... going to be episodes like 40 through 42. All right. Just make me sound super cool. I don't have to do much. All right, cool. Or anything. Good. Yeah. Well, Sarah. All right. Jessie, I love you. I love you too. Let's cheers. Cheers. Boop. Boop boop. Boop boop. <laughs> boop. There you have it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, Sarah will be back and we will be talking about Contact. So if you want to read Contact to be up on what we're talking about, now's a good time to start. But before you do, you should read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Because in just a couple of weeks, Dan DeRozier will be coming on the show to talk about that, its relationship to Blade Runner, and the sci-fi music he wrote inspired by the book by Philip K. Dick. So definitely read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. I'm almost done with it. And it's great. It's so good. I read it once when I was way younger, and I totally forgot how awesome it was. Next week on the show, I am thrilled to announce that I will have some of the cast and crew from Dead Drift, a fantastic indie sci-fi web series. It's a comedy. It's awesome. you got to check it out. Make sure you watch it before next week's show so you'll be up to date. And you can see that at deaddriftshow.com. I also have to say a special thank you to I Am A Destroyer Of Worlds on iTunes who left us this awesome review called Nerd Heaven, five stars. It says, great host, great guests, great discussion of everything fun slash exciting slash weird in the sci-fi world. Also, excellent music from the super rad opening theme to the frequently integrated performances and musical guests. Geek out. Thank you so much, I Am A Destroyer Of Worlds because with that review, we are now officially a five-star podcast on iTunes, which is fantastic. Uh, so I think we're going to show up more readily in search results now that we actually have a rating. We, me, I, uh, and me guests. <laughs> uh, but of course, all the ratings and reviews we can get, it's very helpful for having us jump to the top of those search results. So when someone searches for sci-fi, this is what they'll find. And the world will be a better place for it. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Next week is Dead Drift. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you soon.